This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. Our host is Coach Charlie Melton, ASC Certified Master Technician. I'm Liz Gill. Hello, Coach Charlie. Hello, Liz. How are you doing today? I'm doing, well, the air conditioning's out at my house. But other than that, I'm doing good. It's gla- I'm glad to see you. Well, I missed last week. Glad to be back. Well, we had our good friend uh, Q from uh, Quentin Moore from on Q Customs. We talked about interiors. We uh talked about and he also is a mechanic so he was able to answer some some questions but uh it was interesting to now that i have leather interior in my vehicle it was interesting to learn how to take care of it and dashboards and all that kind of stuff so that was last week's show folks this week we're going to talk about diesel and the more i learn about diesel the more you know surprising it is it's it's not your cb 18 wheeler kind of thing why why i'm a lady in mississippi why might i buy a diesel well diesel first thing you're going to get better fuel economy but a lot of these young guys and young girls are buying diesel trucks and all for the city. Uh, the diesel trucks and all are really not made for the city. What they're made for is the torque and the pulling power. And they're really a, a over-the-road type vehicle. Now, when you say torque, that means which you could you could pull a trailer, pull you a could trailer, pull a something. Yes. Yeah, and so it has power to pull. And a lot of construction workers use them in the city, a lot of uh People like that that are doing heavy hauling, those are made for diesels, you know. And But an average Joe, you really don't need a diesel. All right. And, and here I was so surprised at the number of diesel vehicles that are out there now. Um, Escalades, Colorados, Silverados, Suburbans, Tahoes, F-150s, Canyons, Sierras, Yukons, Wranglers, Gladiators, Land Rovers, and uh, Ram 1500s. And it's, you know, I I guess it's kind of the culture. Folks have completely moved away from sedans and cars, and they're now into the SUVs. But, you know, whether you need to assess if you need an SUV in town and if you need a diesel SUV in town. Well, I was driving uh, down the street the other day and I saw a three hundred, a Mercedes 300C diesel. It was rattling. You could hear it. It sounded like it was coming apart. But today's diesels, you don't hear them a whole bunch. They sound a lot like cars. But you're talking about the different vehicle manufacturers that have diesel. Um, you know, General Motors, years ago they came out with a diesel engine and what they did they took the 350 gasoline engine and they made it into a diesel okay it didn't work very well but now they have a duramax uh in those colorados and all those different vehicles that you just named that were general motors it's a duramax ford has the power stroke and then dodge has the cummins so there's a lot of different 
brands of diesels. But once again, if you notice, they're all in the big vehicles. Now, there are some cars that have diesels. And I was just thinking, you know, when I was overseas and I saw all the cars running around Europe and all those, those are all diesel cars. Very seldom will you see a gasoline car over there because, once again, they are better fuel efficient. They can get up as much as 50 miles a gallon in uh, driving down the highway. Okay, let's let's back up just a minute. Why do different diesel engines have names? Why is there a Duramax and a and a Cummins and what? Why isn't it just an engine? Once again, they're all made by different manufacturers. Okay. okay. So Cummins is a manufacturer. Uh, then Ford has their manufacturer. General Motors makes their own diesel engines. So they're all different manufacturers. Just like if you go to a gasoline car, they're all different type engines. Oh, okay. So I, I guess. The Ford, the engines in a Ford, I don't know, Taurus. <laughs> I'm so old. That's what I think when I think of a Ford. Those are made by Ford, but the diesel engines that are in a lot of the, the big three, they're made by another company that they, they bring in? Right. Like okay. Duramax. Well, General Motors and Duramax have, uh, they're together. They made their own engine, but Ford uh, and like I said, they have the power stroke. And matter of fact, they used to have uh, one, the 7.3, an international engine. Okay. It's just according to what kind of contracts they got out there, you know, because Dodge don't make their engines. They come from Cummins, you know. And so now you do have caterpillars. You heard a lot of the things you see, a lot of the heavy equipment that are caterpillars. Well, that's another engine manufacturer. Now, now let's let's go back to to Europe. There's a difference between diesel in Europe and diesel in America. Yeah, the diesel in Europe and the diesel in America are they're two different. They're made differently. Okay, diesel is diesel. Everybody says is gas is gas. But uh, the ones in Europe have a lubrication that they put in their uh, diesel fuel, and what it does it lubricates the pumps? It lubricates everything inside internally of the engine, the injectors and all. America has taken all the lubrication out of their diesel fuel. So now we have a failure rate, much higher failure rate in America on fuel pumps and stuff like that, injector pumps and all, because all these pumps are made in Europe. They're made for their diesel, and they're not made for American diesel. Why Why do they not have the lubrication just to make it cheaper? Uh, make it cheaper and emissions and regulations. Oh, is there, if you are an American and have a diesel vehicle, can you pour a, something in the tank, a, some kind of lubrication additive? You can put additives in there that will lubricate the pumps and all. But right now, General Motors has a lawsuit, a class action lawsuit about the pumps, uh, injector pumps, a Bosch pump, because of the lubrication qualities. We're talking about diesel today, but we're also taking your vehicle repair questions for any kind of vehicles. Our email address for your questions is auto at mpbonline.org. This is just fascinating um, about the, the difference between diesel and gasoline. I, you know, took a little bit of chemistry in college and learned, you know, they... Natural gas is one thing, and you know, crude oil is one, and it's, there's different. It's skimmed off at different ways, and that's what's the difference between diesel gasoline and uh, well, if you think gasoline, of, well, you diesel th- fuel and gasoline. You think about crude oil. There's, they, you know, we always hear uh, barrels and oil. Barrels of oil are 45 gallons. 
they can only get 10 gallons of diesel out of that barrel and they can get 19 gallons of gasoline out of that barrel because once again diesel is heavy because it is an oil okay so it's a heavy and it's it's refined right in the middle okay so gasoline's at the very top but a diesel will get 35 percent better gas mileage you know, wow so you're talking about you're getting less diesel fuel out of that barrel but you're getting better gas mileage but once again according to how the regulations are in america this changes a lot that is very interesting and, and it is different it's better gas mileage but mostly for uh, uh rural driving yeah. or long extended driving on the road yes now how are the the actual engines different diesel engines different from the the gas engines that what what is in one that's not in the other well you think about a gasoline engine and a diesel engine the diesel engine has more compression okay by being more compression it's going to take more uh it's going to produce more power okay that's one thing and then if you think about uh you know spark plugs a diesel engine does not have spark plugs a diesel engine has glow plugs in it and what the glow plugs do it heats up the cylinder where the diesel fuel goes in so the fuel will ignite now you understand that fuel is uh, a diesel engine all it's doing is igniting off air and compression where a gasoline engine has to have some type of spark to ignite that fuel so that seems like uh two less things to have to worry about if you have a diesel engine you have a, a few things less you have to worry about but once again as a maintenance cost and working on diesels probably about 15 to 20 percent more on maintenance cost even though they have some uh, less parts. What, why would the maintenance cost be different? Because of the labor and the cost of the parts. Oh, now, once right. again, the engines are heavier. They're stronger. You can get up to, you know, it's easy to get three, four, five, six hundred thousand miles off an engine, a diesel engine. Do they require, like, oil changes and, and routine maintenance the, the same as gasoline engines do? The exact same type of maintenance. And But now you think about a diesel engine where a gasoline engine will take five quarts of oil. Some diesel pickup trucks take 11 quarts of oil. Oh, okay. And I see you start talking about a lot more oil moving to it because it has to, it's a bigger engine, bigger, more compression. It gets hotter quicker because of the uh, compression that it has to make. Do they have a synthetic and natural oil choice also yeah it's just like any others you can put synthetic uh, but usually diesel is like a, a 15w40 like that it's a higher uh, viscosity oil if you've got a question send your emails to auto at mpbonline.org it's a diesel day but it's a gasoline day too so whatever you want we'll take your questions so what about recalls i've got some information for you you're listening to autocorrect on mpb think radio
Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. are listening to autocorrect with coach charlie melton i'm liz gill now if you want even more autocorrect do find our podcasts on all podcasting platforms for your smart device autocorrect is heard on mpb think radios thursdays at 10 a.m with a replay saturdays at 11 now you can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the national highway traffic safety administration's website nitsa nhtsa.gov recall and put in your vin number or find the safer car app so i finally pulled my app up and i added my newest vehicle to the safer car app you type in the year and the make and the model and then and then you add the vin don't try to add the vin first because then you're just doing it wrong so type in the year the make the model then put in your vin and then you can see all the stuff about your your vehicle you can see its safety rating you can see how many recalls there's been you can find out if your vehicle has been repaired um, you can see the different safety things like the lane assist or um, your hands-free driving you can see whatever safety things it is and I know this because I I looked at my grand caravan and it has no safety it has no safety, no. <laughs> it has no safety things but that uh, safer car app is good and that NHTSA website man it's just got tons of information you know if you've got kids grandkids little kids at your house it also lists the recalls for kids products it also lists tires if there's a recall for tires so that NHTSA website nhtsa.gov slash recall it has got lots, lots of information. information yes we're talking about diesels today but we're also taking your other vehicle repair questions our email address is auto at mpbonline.org Let's go to Tennessee and talk with Max. Max, we're so glad that you have called in to autocorrect today. What's your comment or question for Coach Charlie? Yes, thank you for taking my call. Uh, I'm messing on a uh, 68 Olds Cutlass S and finally got it to the point where um, I do kind of get it running, but uh, there is a gas leak that appears to be coming underneath the carburetor. I was wondering if that is a seal or if there's another orifice there that could be leaking or what might be uh, your uh, analysis. So is it leaking where you have it bolted down to the intake manifold? Well, I, I can't really see, but I believe that's where it is because then it comes out and, and pools on top of uh, the V8, you, you know. Okay, I was thinking on that one there, The is the fuel line right in the front of that carburetor right at the bottom? Yeah, it is, and that also is a, is a problem where the threads are stripped on that. But I've kind of got that blocked off where I don't believe it's leaking there. Okay, you, you know. 
Well, that's well. The only other place that could leak from, like I say, you had that line going into the bottom of the carburetor. Okay, I'd make sure that that's uh, good and tight. Make sure you got some thread tape on it. Make sure so it don't leak. The only other place that it could be leaking is if you have a jet right there, maybe a screw uh, in there that you can move a little bit that may have fuel coming out of it. Because on the once you put the carburetor on there, the fuel is going straight down. There's no way it's going to leak out uh, unless you overfill the manifold. So I would really check that threads uh, on that line again. Uh, is there, um, if I pop that, uh, try to anyway, take that carburetor off there, is there a um, like a gel uh, form, a, form a gasket that would work with gasoline? Uh, no, it's going to be a, either, it's probably going to be a paper gasket on there because it has to be compatible with that gas going down through there, so that'd be a paper gasket. It'd have to be paper. Yeah, my problem is I'm, I'm not that uh, Internet savvy of trying to find, uh, um, <laughs> you know, parts for this sucker, you know. And but, what you need uh, to do on that is take the carburetor number off, and there are still people out there that rebuild carburetors, and you can get a carburetor kit for that one. Okay. All righty. Well, I do appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Max. We're glad you called in. Okay, I've heard it before. What is missing? My car is missing. What does that mean? That means that you have a dead cylinder. That means that one of the cylinders, if it's a V8, now you're running on seven cylinders because one's not contributing. And is that something you can hear? Uh, you can hear it. You can feel it. You know, you can uh, feel the power that it loses power. So there's a lot of things that uh, can determine a miss. It could be a spark plug. It could be fuel. It could be a plug wire. It could be a coil. It could be compression. There's all things that could make an engine miss. Well, maybe you can feel it. I don't, I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know that I can feel it. Let's go to Hattiesburg and see what Bob is up to. Bob, we are so glad you've called in to AutoCorrect to talk with Co- Coach Charlie, what's your comment or question? Uh, all right, I appreciate you taking my call. I have uh, a remark to make about automobile batteries, 12-volt electric light acid-filled batteries. I reached, I got a 2014 uh, F-150, and I was having trouble after my truck set about two or three days. The battery uh, almost go dead, and it wouldn't start, so I had to keep charging it. And if I'd crank it every day, it'd run. I could crank it. It would crank up, turn over, and start. But this is what I did. I went I went to several different auto supply places, O'Reilly's, AutoZone, different ones, and I had to put a load test on my battery. My charging showed good on their equipment. The battery showed good on their equipment. The starter showed good according to whether it's drawing too many amps. Everything's good. And you know what they're telling me? That I have a, a, a short, is, it could be a diode in the alternator draining my battery down. But this is what I did. I got to thinking. I used to sell batteries 40 years ago. And I went, I, all of a sudden hit me in the middle of the night. I went to uh, O'Reilly's and got a hydrometer, battery hydrometer. So... I got home and it was late, so I checked it the next morning. And my sales, five of them were weak, showing in the white, and one of them was in the red, showing bad. But I, it would charge up, take a charge, and everything was supposed to be working good. 
But what it is, that's some dead cells. That one red is dead. And I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't had some uh, background and batteries in my life 20, 30 years ago. I, I went down to AutoZone and I made them uh, give me another battery under warranty. But they won't tell you nothing about a hydrometer when it comes to your battery. But that's one way to check if you have an acid-filled battery is get a battery hydrometer and check each cell. And all readings should be close to equal or the same thing in every six cells. Yeah, I just got to understand on those hydrometers, you know, if they don't know how to use them, I would say a normal person doesn't know even what a hydrometer is, but, and then you're checking a serviceable type battery that you can take the caps off. A lot of the batteries today are those maintenance-free batteries, but yeah, if you had a hydrometer, you could uh, check the Pacific Gravity, because that's what you were checking with that hydrometer. Absolutely, but it's got full instructions on there if you never had one in your hand before. Right. And, and they, yeah, they tell me they go into a uh, solid uh, chemical liquid state of uh, chemical in there that you can't do that. Or if you have a worry-free battery where you can't take the caps off. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thank what, do you what do you got on those batteries of those maintenance-free? You have a... Uh, a indicator, a cell indicator on those batteries, and it only checks one cell, so you can look at it the same way, but if that cell's not bad, well, once again, you are had to check the battery out with a load tester, yes. Well, see, the load tester didn't tell nothing. It's just a gimmick to, to keep you from uh, getting warranty coverage on your battery when, when you do it. All right, thank you. Thank you. Well, and here I was. I was going to get hydrometers for everybody in my family as a Christmas gift, but uh, that's only if you have do not have a maintenance-free battery. Yeah, you can't use a hydrometer uh, with a maintenance-free uh, battery. You have to be able to take the caps off. And while he's telling you that, I would need to make sure that you understand that you never put pure acid back in a battery if the cells are low just like he said either they can replace it but you if the cells are low you can put distilled water back in them but never put acid in a battery that's already been filled okay well here here i am letting my age show me you know i remember in the 70s you had to add water to batteries but i didn't even know they made batteries now that weren't maintenance free uh they still make a lot of serviceable batteries yes and why would you want one (laughs) Well, uh, because they're a little cheaper. That's probably the reason why a lot of people make them. Now, the manufacturers do not put one in the vehicle. The manufacturers put uh, mostly maintenance-free batteries in them. Okay. Well, all right. Different strokes for different folks. That's right. Our email address where you can send questions is auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking diesel, but just about anything also today on uh, our repair question show. What's in the news? I'm going to tell you next. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. 
Hey, this is Larry Morrissey with the Mississippi Arts Commission. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio. We talk with visual artists, musicians, writers, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. on Think Radio or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcasting app. listening to autocorrect on mpb think radio coach charlie melton retired instructor from clinton's high school automotive technology program is our expert host i'm liz gill and man we hope you have downloaded our app for your smartphone the mpb public media app it is awesome for taking on a trip you can listen to our shows anywhere in the world and also anywhere in the world you can make a contribution to mississippi public broadcasting because uh your contributions really help us. We're listener-supported, public-supported. All right, so in the news, now, Saturday, listeners, I'm sorry you're going to miss out. Around 400 seized, abandoned, and stolen vehicles are up for grabs at an upcoming auction hosted by the city of Jackson. The vehicles include trucks, SUVs, and vans, plus hundreds of items from the evidence vault. All vehicles are in various conditions, and as a press release stated, some run, others do not. The auction will be held at the city of Jackson Police Impound Yard Saturday, August 6th at 9 a.m. Bidders can preview the vehicles Friday the 5th from 8 to 3. There's a $10 non-refundable registration and entry fee and a $7.50 notary fee per vehicle. No one under the age of 18 is allowed. Uh, Coach, have you ever bought anything that way? You know, I've been to a couple of those auctions, but you got to once you go in there, you need to make sure you know what you're looking for, and people will start bidding, and you need to know how to bid when you go in there because you can buy something way more than it's worth. Well, can you can you get a good deal? If you know what you're doing and looking for. All right. Because there are some, you know, most of stolen vehicles, they're going to tear the steering column up. So a lot of times you got to know how to, if the airbags are deployed, if they're not deployed because the airbags are deployed, well, now it's a salvage vehicle. You know, so different things to uh, consider when you go in there. As a matter of fact, uh, one of the workers that I work with uh, is going to that auction, and she was wanting to buy one, and she was asking me how she needs to do it. And so they, they advise you take a scan tool so you can hook it up and if the vehicle's running so you can see if there's anything wrong with it that way as well. So it's not for the looky loos. It's it's for it, it behooves you to bring a buddy along who knows what they're doing. Right. You know, I was thinking about they were you talking about all these stolen vehicles and all, you know, one of the most stolen vehicles right now in America is the Kia. Okay. They are still in Kia's. All know, right. I, I was surprised. Okay. In any particular reason you think? Maybe they're easier to get. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Hey, y'all, don't forget, autocorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11. We're talking about diesel today. We'd love for you to email us your questions, auto at mpbonline.org. We've got a call from Louisiana. It is Lamora. Lamora, we're glad you've called in today. What's your comment or question for Coach Charlie? Okay, uh, 
I got a 2009 Silverado. I had a recall on the um, on the airbag. So I took it over there to the dealership, and my light was not on. And then after they worked on it, and they said they was finished, and then my light was on, and it's still on. And they told me I had to pay $114 in order to get the light cut off. We had the same one. We had the same thing. It wasn't a Subaru, but we had the same thing last week. Coach, what's going on? Well, once again, it was a recall. Am I right? Yeah. Okay, if it was a recall, the first thing they need to, you need to take it back in there. They need to fix the airbag, and if they fix the airbag, they would turn the light out, and the light would not come back on. So right now, they have not, if your light was not on when you took it in there for the recall, you need to take it back to them and demand that they fix that. And if you have a problem, you need to go in the back of the book and talk to a customer service at uh, Subaru itself. Okay. Because what's happening, a lot of these uh, airbags are Hitachi airbags, and Hitachi airbags are in all types of vehicles, Toyotas, Subarus, uh, General Motors, they're in all types of vehicles, and that was the recall that Hitachi has. There's something wrong with the airbag. It could be the clock spring that's making the airbag, you know, that uh, interf- uh, that controls, helps control it, or it could be the airbag sensors on the seat. It could be many, many things, or it could just be a, a module in there. So what I would do is take your vehicle back to the dealership, tell them that your airbag light was not on, and now it's on after they fixed it and demand that they fix it. Okay, I sure will. Thank you so much. You are not alone on this. Somebody right. called in last week when you were gone, and Q was here, and he, he said, uh-uh, you know, they don't, don't let them do that to you because if it's a recall, that's – free that's on that's on the dealership that's on the dealership and you know maybe they're going to say well we don't have the part to fix it but if they told you they fixed it and the light came back on you need to matter of fact i'm sure they gave you a receipt right yes okay and what did it say they did just repair the recall yes okay so i'd take that receipt but my light but my light's still on my truck and they wanted me to pay them 114 dollars in order for the go they had to go back in there and do something and then my light would be off but i had to pay them 114 dollars and i say on a recall i thought that was free no it's the light y'all got my light on was the light on when you took it to them no, no, no. Um, yeah, I'd take that vehicle right back in there and just demand that they fix it, and they will. Yeah. All right. Well, we're glad you've called in. Um, uh, and we're also— Coach, we, is that a situation where, like, a mechanic just goes into business for himself at a shop or something like that? Well, they cannot do recalls. Yeah. Uh, you had to take it back to the manufacturers to uh, for the uh, recall to be repaired. Okay. It almost sounded like, you know, a mechanic just slid in an extra level— of repair there for himself no, to, no, you have to, to charge $114 yeah, for. You, yeah. you have to go back to the dealer for them to do the recall. Yeah. Now, what they're probably trying oh, that's to— That's what I meant, like a mechanic at the dealerships. You know, this is re- what they're— Repair place. This is probably what they're doing. They're going to go in there and say, well, your check engine light wasn't on. You It wasn't on when you left. Now we're going to take and put a, a diagnostic tool on it and yeah. check it out and see if that is the problem. You know, what I would do is go on to AutoZone or somewhere and let them put a uh, scan tool on it just to be sure that 
it's the airbag, not something else. Okay. Sounded like a, some enterprising mechanics to me. There you go. <laughs> well, and, and they've, they've, got a, they've got a gang going on because this was somewhere else yeah. on a different vehicle last yeah. week. If it's a recall, they'll fix it. Yeah. All right. Speaking of emails, we did get an email. Um, this is from Michael. Uh, not a lot of details, but uh, Michael says, traffic light turns green. I press the gas pedal, and the car hesitates for a second. Oh, the title is sluggish of his email, sluggish. I'm leaning toward throttle position sensor. Any suggestions? Thanks. Okay, first you need to know what a throttle position sensor is and a pedal position sensor. Okay, the pedal position sensor is the one that you're pushing down on your foot to give it gas. Now, it has a sensor on it as well saying how far the pedal is engaged. And then you have a throttle position sensor that is up on the throttle. A lot of times it's built into the throttle, and it could be either one of those. Uh, if it was the throttle position sensor or the pedal position sensor, you would have a check engine light that comes on because it will indicate some type of electrical problem with it. So what I do is put a scan tool on it because it would be in there. And another thing, a lot of times what would make these vehicles sluggish is that the throttle gets uh, carboned. It has a lot of carbon in the throttle where the butterfly opens and closes right there. And it may be getting too much air or maybe not getting enough air due to that butterfly. So what I would do is in the throttle itself, you can clean the throttle body and try that. That may uh, take care of your problem. Now, is the clean the throttle body uh, something you take out and do or have a mechanic take out and do, or can you, like, put something in and well, add that's, it? Well, once again, there's different ways. If, uh, if he knows what a throttle position sensor is and where it's located, he should be able to clean the throttle body because what it is, it's carbon that builds up. You can take a rag on some of them, and you can open the butterfly or the little piece in there, and you can clean it. Okay. Now, there are certain vehicles that you cannot or you'll mess the throttle body up, so what you need to do is go to a website or go to find some website that will give you information on how to clean a throttle body. Ooh, okay. I wouldn't do it on my own if you didn't know what you was talking about. <laughs> yes. Great. Because once again, it has to have a relearn process on some of them. Uh, that means where it has to relearn how the vehicle is driving. Okay. We're talking about diesel between your questions. So let's learn a little bit more uh, about diesel. Now, Back in the day, here I go. Gosh, my gray hair is really showing today. When you think about diesel, you'd think about noise pollution and dark smoke. Is that the the thing now with, with brand new diesels? Well, if you look at uh, driving down the road now, you see no black smoke coming out of diesel cars. What they have done, they have done the same thing with diesels that they've done with gasoline. They put emission systems on it. They put an EGR valve on it. And so they have put a lot of these different emission systems on the diesel so it doesn't roll that black coal. Because they used to call it black coal when you would drive down the highway, you'd see those 18-wheelers, yeah. And so what they did on that, uh, they put a, uh, it's not a catalytic converter, but it's called a uh, particulate filter. And that's another reason why you don't really need a diesel in town is because that filter gets dirty and it clogs up. 
as long as it's driving down the highway, it cleans itself out constantly, and that's another problem with those diesels. Oh, so diesels don't have catalytic converters? No, it's called a particulate filter. Okay. It does the same thing, but it does it while you're driving down the highway as well, but that's why they can load up in the city. Okay. Are they... And so what what about with the noise? The noise, they've quieted it down because now it's all electronic. Instead of it, the noise you heard was mechanical, and you would hear those different injectors hitting against the camshaft and all. No longer do you hear that anymore. Now it's all electrical. So they have a little solenoids in there that operate the injectors, so you don't hear the noise. Coach, why would you want to get rid of that diesel sound? Why would you want to do that? <laughs> well, believe it or not, when I... Well, I mean, I can understand in certain instances. Well, like, when I saw that Mercedes... Uh, uh, yesterday, I sort of like that diesel sound again. It's, it's so identifiable, right? I mean, I know if, like, if you've got like an F-250 or 350 and you live in a neighborhood, that can be, you know, testy. But, like, man, that sound. Clack, 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 clack. It's, it's, it's it that. Went, clack, 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 yeah, clack, that clanging exactly diesel sound, man. <laughs> that's what it was. No, don't take that out. <laughs> but they have, it's, uh, it's annoyingly charming. They put uh, electronic injectors on them to quieten those down. Hi, I'm Walt Grayson. You can now listen to the wild, weird, and wonderful stories of Mississippi with Mile Marker. We are a Yucca Drive-In Theater. We're the last operating drive-in in the state of Mississippi. Join me as we hit the roads of Mississippi on Mile Marker. Freaked me out that you could come and drive your car and park and watch the movie outside. You can listen by going to mpbonline.org slash radio or by using your favorite podcasting app, Mile Marker, a Mississippi Roads podcast. We are discussing diesel vehicles and taking your repair questions. You can send us your questions auto at mpbonline.org. We've got a new car review from Casey Williams coming up. Coach, the video for this one, it's like you're sitting inside a shuttlecraft. So when you're listening to this description, imagine you're sitting inside a shuttlecraft. I've been watching Star Trek Discovery. (laughs) Yes, I have. So this is Autocorrect on MPB Think Radio. Here's a new car review from Casey Williams. It's Auto Casey on AutoCorrect. Let's drive into the future in Kia's 2022 EV6 electric car. The exterior styling is really aggressive. It's got this crossover look, wide stance, 20-inch wheels. Looks really good. Inside, also a vision of the future with twin screens for infotainment and all your gauges, a widescreen heads-up display, all the advanced crash avoidance systems, and luxuries like heated seats, a heated steering wheel, and meridian audio system. But under the skin is the electric system, and that's why you're going to buy this. You get 274 miles, all electric range. It's really quick, 0 to 60 in 5.2 seconds. And on a DC fast charger, you can recharge this vehicle from 10% to 80% in just 18 minutes. So it's also pretty practical. It takes kind of an easy overnight if you do it on a 240-volt home charger. So let's talk about price. Well, the EV6 starts at $41,400. This one is equipped $57,410. But you also get a $7,500 federal tax credit to make that more affordable. See the full video on his YouTube channel, 
Auto Casey and listen to AutoCorrect on the MPB Think Radio YouTube channel. This is AutoCorrect. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show from our website, autocorrect.mpbonline.org. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11. It's time for Coach Charlie's Tip of the Week. Well, the Tip of the Week this week, since we're talking about diesels, especially diesel trucks, make sure that you drain that water separator. Uh, make sure that water comes out of that diesel fuel. Excellent. All right, here we go. John, Bobby, and Dan, we're going to hit you for your questions. John from Mobile, what's your comment or question for Coach Charlie? Uh, thank you, Liz. I hope this will be an easy one. Um, my uh, power windows on my old Merc were um, making noise, uh, especially going down, you know, the first time I uh, lower the windows in the morning. And um, I, according to a video that I found online, um, I got a can of heavy-duty silicone spray and sprayed it in the window channels. I, I guess it's the right stuff to use. And it says, stop sticking, binding, squeaking on nylon, rubber, metal, and wood. Well, it's uh, the, the windows are still doing all three of those, sticking, binding, and squeaking, uh, especially the uh, passenger side front. And... Um, did I just not do this this simple process right? Does it need more of this spray? Well, on those channels, what you got in there, what year is this vehicle? 2001. Okay, on those channels there, they have that cloth or rubber that goes all the way down that channel there. You usually don't have to put nothing in them. What happens is that channel wears a little bit, and if it wears, it's going to, you know, it a bolt could be loose on the inside of it where that channel has moved a little bit and that is what's making it bind. But on no. all the windows? No, he's doing it on the right window, oh, okay. on this passenger window. So what I would do, usually you don't have to put uh, lubricant. You can put some type of lubricant down in there. Uh, but in order to the channel that you're talking about, that's going to be lower than the door that you can see. You can't see from the window down. Oh, I see. And that's so where... basically I was doing nothing to it? At, at the top, No. Uh, because it's at the uh, bottom part of it where it goes, like you say, when you're bringing it down, it's going into that bottom lower cha uh, channel on both sides. Um, is there an answer for that? Well, what you could do is um, when the wind is down, let the wind all the way down and get you some of that spray, like you said, and spray it down going to the bottom of the window uh, channel into the door part of it, yes. Okay. But I'll now, if it keeps doing it, you might want to take it and take that panel off and see if something's loose in there. Uh, it, that raises another question. Um, how can you tell if your car has been in an accident, damaged? I see no evidence that this car has ever been uh, banged up except for, you know, parking lot dings. Well, now they have Carfaxes where all the dealerships and all the body shops report that to Carfax. Uh, but before, they didn't. But yours should be a year that you could check the Carfax on it. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll do that, and thank you for the advice on the window. Thank you. Well, John, just so you know, if you take your car to a mechanic, they may charge you $170 to open the car door to look at the window track. <laughs> yeah, so, I, there I you go. that previous phone call. If, wow. if, you, if yes. you can do it yourself, good for you. The, otherwise, that's what you pay the specialties for. All right, let's go to Pontotoc County and talk to Bobby. 
Bobby, what's your comment or question for Coach Charlie? I've got a 2019 Ford F-150, and that thing is supposed, when you put your foot on the brake at a red light, the motor's supposed to go dead and not crank back up until you take your foot off. But it don't do that all the time. How come? What's going on? Well, now on that particular vehicle, is there a button that you can push to uh, cut that system off? I don't know. There's so many buttons on there until I don't know which one's which. And I got cataracts on my eyes. I suppose to go get them operated on for long, so I can't read what's on them buttons. But I'm pretty sure it's one on there somewhere because there's a lot of buttons on that thing. Yeah, so what I would do is try to get somebody to read that uh, owner's manual and find the button. It's a green, it's a button that has an A on it. And you push that button and the vehicle keeps running. Is it going to be on one of the... Well, now, uh, uh, that's the problem. I'm trying to get it to stop when it stops at a red light. It's supposed to go off, and then when you take your foot off the brake, it's supposed motor's supposed to come back on, but it don't do that all the time. Just certain times it does it. Right. If that button is pushed in, it will keep running. Well, it, how come it stops running sometimes? Well... Uh, you said you had cataracts. Maybe you pushed the wrong button. Don't know. <laughs> I didn't push, push none of them buttons. So I, I want to ask one more question while I'm on here. I keep hearing y'all get calls from Mobile. Is there a county named Mobile or is that Mobile, Alabama? No, th there's both. Uh, there's both. But uh, we are very happy to say that our uh, Biloxi transmitter goes right to Mobile, and they like us better than Mobile Public Broadcasting because they don't have these call-in shows. So, yeah, uh, Daphne, uh, Fairhope, Mobile, uh, Alabama, lots of folks uh from the Alabama. They love us. We're big in Mobile, Coach. That's true. Hey, one other question for you real quick. How many uh, miles you got on that vehicle? Oh, uh, I, uh, I hadn't got very much because I don't drive very much. It's about, I'd say it was about 5,000 miles. I would. Uh, it's probably still under warranty. I would take that thing up there. They're usually three years, 36,000-mile warranty. See what your warranty is on that. Yeah, all right. Uh, one other thing while I'm on here. I had I have friends lives in uh, uh, Corpus Christi, Texas, and sometimes they don't do it all the time. But sometimes when it's real bad weather, they say they pick up uh, 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 a public broadcasting television out there. Well, we got a call from a guy in Upper Upper New York State who listened to one of our shows uh, all the way in New York. So it's it's just amazing what can happen when the wind and the climate are right. Riding the storm out. Yeah. Well, I know, I know one time, and you'll never believe this, but this has been years ago, uh, 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 they picked up a British broadcasting TV station here in the United States, and when they called over there to uh, uh, tell them about that, they found out that particular channel had been off the air for about 10 years. Ooh. They didn't know what those Yankees were doing. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Bobby. We appreciate your call. Dan from Mobile, you've got 15 seconds to tell us what your problem is, or do you want to send an email later? Uh, a real quick question. I've got a five-year-old Prius that I like very much, but it's only got like 20,000 miles on it. I don't drive it a lot. It stays garaged. 
Whenever I bring it to the dealer for work, they want to replace everything that isn't moving. <laughs> well, no, no, I know they're. They don't know what to do. I because because I, I'm you know I'm off the chart, I guess. Well, is any, what should I, what should I tell them? Well, there is anything wrong with it? No, it's a great car. I love it. Well, don't take it to the dealer yeah. until you find something <laughs> wrong with it. Yeah. We're, don't take it unless I have something wrong with it. Right, because if it's it got twenty thousand miles on it, all you're going to need to do is it's uh, hybrid. It's going you're going to change, or is it all electric? It's hybrid. Okay, so change your oil in it and keep going. Gotcha. All right, Thank Dan. You. We are so glad that you called in. Another quick, fast, wonderful show. Thank you so much, Charles Arnold, our intern, for being our call screener. Thank you, Jay White. I love it when Jay White chimes in, too. He's got a wealth of knowledge. And I'm just crazy about Coach Charlie Melton, master technician who volunteers his time to help us here on AutoCorrect. I'm Liz Gill. Thank you for listening with us. This has been AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.